0: Morning members, welcome to the morning meeting. It is Thursday the 29th. Mark is straight to you for the local markets and overnight
1: thanks, Gigi. Well, a bit of a bizarre night overnight, a welcome bounce in the US markets. I've described it as an Alka-Seltzer, which is temporary relief from a bear market. And it has been a fairly significant rally for a number of reasons. Equities are up, yes. Dow Jones was up 550 points, which is 1.9%. NASDAQ did a bit better up over 2%, and the S&P 500, 1.9%. And the first gain in 7 days of drop and the VIX volatility index has fallen. The spy futures were up 98 and our markets up over 100 points and almost everything's up today. Banks are up sort of one and a half percent. Some of the resources are really performing well. And it's all come not because of some federal policy change, not because the Fed are going soft, not because the inflation outlook has improved, but because the Bank of England have intervened in the UK gilt market, which is the bond market, They're called gilts because when you got a certificate when you bought a gilt or a bond in the UK, it has a gilt edge on it. So they were called gilt edged bonds and shortened to gilt. So if you hear people talking about gilts, they're talking about the UK bond market. We'll call them bonds today. The Bank of England have intervened in the bond market and say they will intervene as long as they have to in order to support bonds. And you'll see a chart in the pre-market section today showing the rise in the UK 10-year bond yield. And ever since the announcement last Friday from the UK government about tax cuts and an emergency energy bailout and the UK government's balance sheet uh, is clearly going to be stretched to pay for everything, the bond market fell over this week and it's caused all sorts of problems. For instance, if you were applying for a mortgage, suddenly lenders have been pulling out of offering you uh, a mortgage and they've withdrawn offers they've already made. It obviously increases, the, the this is bond yields going up, obviously increases the risk of recession because it uh, gets more expensive for corporates to borrow money and to service their debts. And there is open criticism of the UK plan from people like the IMF and now the Bank of England and the big bond funds, PIMCO. And so the Bank of England have stepped in to support the bond market because some pension funds have been getting themselves into trouble and And the net effect is that bond yields have come off the top in the US, the 10-year bond yields down 0.26%, which is the biggest drop in one day since 2009. And the US dollar, all these crowded trades, Henry will talk about this, but all these crowded trades suddenly and precipitously reverse. And that seems to be what's happened overnight. So the US dollar down 1.3%, the Aussie dollars back over 65 cents. And that has provided some interest rate relief. So interest rate sensitive sectors have jumped. The whole equity market has jumped and our market has jumped. So a fairly significant night overnight. I'll get to strategy a bit later, but you can see bond yields off the top, US dollar off the top, everything going up and gold, for instance, which uh, benefits from the US dollar going down. That sector's up 4.9% today. We'll get to a few ideas later, but let's just keep going with the usual routine.
0: Thanks for that. Marcus. Nathan, I believe you've
2: got a couple of announcements for us this morning. Yeah, I do, Chi Chi. So just having a look at some of the big announcements this morning, Premier Investments reported final year results and they beat consensus on basically all of their results. They announced a 12-month on-market share buyback of up to $50 million and they declared a final dividend of $0.54 per share plus a special dividend of $0.25 per share, both of which are fully franked. So I had a look at the numbers this morning. It's trading at a PE of around 13 point four times, which is expected to drop to 12 times over the next four years. And it has a gross yield of around 7% and its payout ratio is sitting at 70%. So it passed all of the portfolio screens for the income portfolio, checked all of the boxes there for an income stock. So it looks like it could be a pretty good option going forward now, especially that it's just de-risked after those results. And Premier Investments is currently trading up 9.2% this morning on those results. And the other big announcement this morning was Iris, which downgraded guidance. They lowered full year net profit after tax to a range of 54 to 58 million. And that came down from 63 to 72. So a fairly significant downgrade there. And the stock is currently trading down 17.9% on that downgrade. That's all I've got this morning. Thank you, Chichi.
0: Thanks for that, Leighton. Henry, anything a bit more exciting in Henry's take today?
2: Thanks, Gigi. Just uh, this morning, talking
3: in the newsletter in an article, I recently went to Silverstone and did the Porsche driving experience. And one of the things you do is doing launch control, where you put your foot on the brake hard and you put your foot to the floor on the accelerator. And then when the launch control says it's activated, you take your foot straight off the brake and you launch. And it is quite an experience, I have to say. The noise is quite uh, extraordinary, much like what is going on at the moment in the UK as Marcus alluded to, with the Bank of England uh, taking their foot well and truly off the brake last night. And uh, we did see markets launch. Uh, On the one hand, you had Liz Truss and her new chancellor trying to push the accelerator to the floor. And on the other hand, you had the Bank of England with their foot firmly on the brake. And last night, we saw that roar as the markets and everything bounced back. It had got very overdone. I have to say, when you looked at the strength of the US dollar, things were getting a little bit out of control. And what happens in crowded trades, as we saw with the oil, Price when it was 130 and everyone was long. The problem is when some cracks appear, who is left to buy it? And as a result, it does fall quite hard. And it did fall quite hard back down to 80, 85 bucks before it's time to rally. So that's something that's been occurring with the US dollar. Everybody was long to the gunnels. And you have to question who is going to take it even higher, uh, apart from the hedge funds. There was even a story going around that I heard yesterday from one fund manager that in the UK, Liz Trust have gone around to some of the hedge funds and the fund managers. sort of run the policies that she was going to put in place past them. And I said, oh, Liz, that's fantastic. We love that policy. Of course, they would. They were going to get some tax breaks and then promptly went and shorted the pound and then uh, obviously cleaned up when there was that uh, run on the pound. So some very happy, rich hedge fund managers in the UK, it would seem at the moment. Apart from that, just looking at the portfolio, just going through another four stocks today, uh, no problems with any of them. Good to see the gold price rallying in US dollar terms, which has galvanized the sector a little bit. In Aussie dollar terms, it's high be changed in the last month, but uh, nobody really seems to look at the Aussie dollar gold price. It's all about the US dollar and we are that sideshow, but resources doing pretty well. The other one that I looked at this morning was Telstra, uh, which you have to think in all the debacle that Optus has done with their data breach, Telstra would stand out as the mighty winner from all this. Now, in these kind of difficult times, it's always good to have tap-ins in front of gold and Telstra does appear to be one of those tap-ins, I have to say. Some years ago, we had Vodafone. uh, where Vodafone uh, Vodafone rather shot themselves well and truly in the foot with massive, massive problems. And Telstra just picked up more and more customers from Vodafone. The same thing will happen with Optus. They also came out this morning with profit guidance, which was, I'd say, a little bit more optimistic than the market was going for. And a friend of mine had a presentation from the Telstra boys the other day. Very relaxed body language, very confident, self-assured body language, apparently. That does say a lot. So I think Telstra, 386 currently, I think they've got four written all over them. Easy tap in there from inside the six-yard box for those that appreciate the soccer terminology. And that's about it,
0: really. Thanks, Henry. Marcus, let's have your strategy and ideas.
1: Uh, Yes. Well, strategy today is, it's interesting. It's hard not to respect the fact that the market is having a bounce from, as Henry points out, very overcrowded positions in bonds and the US dollar. So out of respect for that, considering the two ETFs in our ideas portfolio are geared to the Nasdaq and the S and P 500, I am closing out those two ideas in the ideas portfolio. So those two ETFs selling on the open today, as the strategy section told you before the market opened today. So selling SNAS and B Bus, and I provided a whole load of ideas today for anyone who wants to be bullish. And the obvious things to buy today would involve things like gold sector and some of the most oversold stocks. I produced a list in the ideas section of the most oversold stocks in the top 200 at the moment. And the top of the list at the moment is Macquarie. And then there are a host of others as well. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily just stick to a list of oversold stocks. There are plenty of stocks that will rally in a rally. And this is a technical screen, not a fundamental screen. If you have fundamental favorites, then you could look to buy them. But you need to be a bit of a bull. And I'm not after those. Those bounces overnight. If you look at the reasons, which is this Bank of England intervention, it is not the stuff of a pivot point for the whole market. It's the sort of stuff that could have been interpreted really very negatively to have the Bank of England suddenly alert you to the fact that some pension funds were getting themselves into derivatives problems and could have gone out backwards. As I say, it's like the doctor turning up and delivering medicine to a patient that you didn't know was. Brazil <laughs> and you're responding to the delivery of medicine. So have a read of the strategy piece today about just what's going on there with the Bank of England. And if that's the reason for a relief rally in our market, then that's fine, but as I say, I don't think it's the stuff of big pivot points. The macro backdrop hasn't changed, which is to do with inflation and Fed aggression. That remains exactly the same, and we could easily, I think, a return to seeing this Bank of England intervention. As a negative. I noticed the Dow futures this morning are down 24. They're not up. That, of course, will change all day and it could be anything by this evening. But out of respect for the fact that the market's had a bounce, that it has been oversold, that there are crowded trades reversing, I'll get out of these two geared ETFs in the ideas portfolio, but I'm not putting anything in the strategy portfolio. The strategy portfolio is there to communicate strategy, timing of the market, and I don't believe this is a jumping on moment. It's not really a relief rally because there's no relief from the macro drivers that have driven the market down and they could return at any point. So you really want to see this develop for a while and not react on the first day. But so strategy portfolio is still in cash. The ideas portfolio is now empty. So not betting on further falls in the market. Notably, by the way, there's a good chart in the strategy piece. The S&P 500 bounced right on support at the June low. So that level becomes more technically significant after that, but not prepared to get bullish. But for those of you who are more bullish and for those traders with a hair trigger, there's plenty of things to buy. The most obvious things are in the sectors, probably gold and stock market stocks. And I've put lists of those in the strategy piece today. And there are oversold stocks. The other obvious sector is REIT. They have been absolutely pummeled in this recent bond market route. Some of the big ones like Goodman Group are down 9% in a week. So is Center Group. Unibel Redamco is down 16% in a week. So they are oversold and there's an opportunity perhaps to pick up REITs if you think uh, this is somewhere near the bottom. And I've also listed the obvious ETFs. There are ETFs geared to the markets going up in the US, which is LNAS, GGUS and GEAR. Uh, Have a look in the strategy piece. They're all listed in there. They're Australian market ETFs, gold ETFs, technology sector ETFs. If this is the peak of interest rate fear, then some of those interest rate sensitive sectors like technology are going to rally. But personal opinion for the moment is one day does not make a pivot point And I would like to see this develop. And I'm not sure it's going to develop terribly positively. Uh, one day's relief rally, it is temporary relief from a bear market. But I think the macro backdrop needs to change for it to be sustainable and the macro. A backdrop, if anything, has deteriorated. Other things today, Stuart has his technical section in today. I'm not sure how relevant it is if to look at the current trends, if we're all about to change trends suddenly, but he looks at all the individual sectors and which ones have been performing, which haven't, with a few charts in there. We also have the long-term portfolio right up in the newsletter today. No changes there. The portfolio underperformed a tad in the last week, but steady as she goes. Got to say, glad we have a couple of lithium stocks in there. Pilbara Minerals up 75%, Mineral Resources up 35%, even Fortescue's up 55%. Mind you, we've held it for a long time, but going okay. And that's about it from me.
0: Thank you very much for that, Marcus. Let's move over to our question of the day. What is your favourite possession? Marcus, did you want to start us off?
1: Yes, well, I have an 11-year-old red Mercedes coupe, which is almost looking like a classic now. And it is safe. It looks good. It doesn't cost me anything. It's a diesel. You fill it up and it does almost 1,000 kilometres to a tank. And I think that would be my favourite possession. It can't be bad if after 11 years, is you still occasionally turn around and look at your car because it looks nice. So uh, I would say that's one of my most successful possessions has been that car. I've got no intention of changing it either.
0: Thank you for that, Marcus. And Henry, how about
1: yourself? Well, I
3: guess I could go down the car route as well in terms of favourite possessions. I guess one of my most favourite possessions is my laptop, I have to say. I've got an Apple Mac Pro. And the reason it is one of my most, most favourite possessions is it houses pretty much my entire photo library since we've kind of went digital. So um, it has a vast history of memories of people, of places, of of events, uh, that if there was a fire, uh, it would be the first thing I would choose. Of course, nowadays they're all backed up in the cloud, so there is that uh, reassurance that it's not all gone forever if it went uh, went to God. But uh, certainly my laptop, but like Marcus, I have an old banger of a car uh, that um, gives me a smile on my face every time I drive it, and I never fail to look back at it when uh, when i leave it so um yes cars are always good but my laptop with my memories i think is my best possession
0: thank you for that henry and for myself I would go with a couple of rings that I was gifted from my mother they're only sterling silver but they have come with me all the way from the UK to here and every time I look down at them they remind me of her and Layton, what's your favorite possession?
2: Uh, well I think I mentioned this a while ago but I've got an acoustic guitar that I just love to death it's it's my first instrument that I bought myself and yeah no looks really really nice sitting in my room sounds really good so yeah that's probably mine unfortunately can't say my car because I almost have to jump start it every time I want to drive it so it's not the best <laughs> it's also held together with a bit of tape so <laughs>
0: well between Marcus's car Henry's collection on his laptop and your guitar we could go on the road really we are got to get this band sorted out well happy investing investors and we'll see you back tomorrow thank you thank you